Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Explorers, welcome back to the Starfield Lorecast, or should I say Starship Lorecast. We are your co-captains, Tom and Dave. Dave's here with me again, and we're coming back for our second lore episode of probably many, because we're hoping the show's going to go on for a long time. Dave, welcome back to the show. How's it going? It's good to be here. I'm curious what's after our lore episodes, if that's when we do the cast episodes. Yeah. um, I mean, mm -hmm. after lore, we'll get to just we'll go back to speculating and just coming up with pulling stuff out of our butts. (laughs) I like that. We do that for, you know, we do this for a year or two and then we go, all right, what's Starfield 2 all about? Let's get back to some some uh, MS Paint drawings and such. Right, right. Actually, you know, that brings up a good point. We were talking in the pre-show about this episode. Today's episode is about the Starfield. We're going to discuss what we know about the Starborn, who they are, how this interacts with your character and your decisions. So there's definitely spoilers in this episode if you haven't covered any of that stuff in the game yet. So just beware. Uh, But this is one of those topics that connects up to other questions like what's the unity? What are the artifacts actually? Who are the creators? All of these questions that we don't get very clear answers, just a, a bunch of hints. And I think... They've mentioned they're going to keep working on this game or at least updating the game and supporting it for the next five plus years. I have a feeling we'll get a little bit more of a glimpse of that stuff going into the DLC and that kind of thing. But we're probably not going to get the full story. Kind of like, I don't know, what happened to the Dwemer in the Elder Scrolls or who actually dropped the bombs and fallout, even though there's some very substantial hints at this point because the series is like 25 years old. Uh, but Dave, we're talking about Starborn today. Where do we start? What, what are we starting with with Starborn? I mean, it makes sense to start with kind of the first Starborn that you discover in the game. Um, this is the first one that you, you and you don't really wrap your head around what Starborn are, but um, the Pilgrim is who I kind of want to start with today because it kind of gives a nice um, intro into what Starborn are and what they're what they're doing. Okay, so who is the Pilgrim, and where do we learn about them? So originally you learn about the pilgrim um, when you are uh, looking into uh, this hunter um, situation, the uh, the situation with the hunter and who he's going after and all this different stuff. Um, you start going to different religions and um, like the uh, House of Varun, the Universe Sanctum and the um, Enlightened um, right. Right. And, the, and just a point of order here, depending on what you decide to do and what order in the game, you may actually run into certain things first 
and then catch up on other stuff later. So this order isn't like concrete. It's not like every player is going to learn about the pilgrim first and then the hunter and then the emissary or anything like that. Right. Like right. You, you could come across that information in a different order. But the pilgrim is specifically tied to the religious aspects of the game and uh, yes. House Varun and some of the mysteries in, in that. Right. Right. I think if we're thinking about the first Starborn that you meet, but you don't know what you just know that this guy's a, a bad dude is the hunter. Yeah. That's the first right. one you run into, which right. we'll talk about eventually. But um, the, the first one that you're like, oh, this is a Starborn is the pilgrim himself. Um, and you, you learn in this by uh, finding the location of his camp. Um, yeah. There's a so, series of quests that you follow for House Varun, right? Uh, House Varun, um, you go to the enlightened, like you go to all of the different religions and they kind of point you in a direction of um, of where to go to kind of find these things. Yeah. So the, the pilgrims camp. And uh, if I recall, it's uh, it's kind of in disarray. And there's a bunch of those like information pads with little details about the pilgrim. And, and in fact, there's specific logs, right? Right. There's specific logs and, and kind of a long story made short is um, the pilgrim went to uh, went through the uh, unity. Uh, they, they don't elaborate on what that is, but it transported him to a different universe where he is learning about the trying to learn about the nature of the unity. So he's gone through it now. He's like, OK, well, I kind of want to I want to know what this is all about and I want to see who's right. And so he went to um, the enlightened first and they were like, well, we think that everybody working together for the good of humanity is only going to like propel us into the future. So you should be kind to your neighbor so that we can progress as a society, um, which is a basic golden rule um, ideology. And they were thinking about the unity or about um Starborn, they were like, we, we don't really care about exploring space, but we want to further humanity through um, good deeds to each other. Um, he also went to the House of Arun and talked to them about the unity. And they were like, hey, man, that's not a big snake. This is not a big snake. <laughs> right. um, what you're telling me is that there is something else. We only we only talk big snakes here. So unless it's that. <laughs> right. And there's hints that maybe the formation of some of these religions were actually caused by either the creators or other starborn or like the interactions across universes. There's a little bit of like mystery around that. It seems they have right. it's, it's not. I mean, it's just a vague notion, but Veyrune particularly house Veyrune um, seems a little wonky when it comes to the um, timey wimeyness of the soul. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the one that stands out to me. But um, continuing in the Pilgrim, um, you learn through his logs that he has experienced so much um, that he has done all these things, met all these people and pretty much decided, hey, I'm not going to go look for the unity, but I am going to like live my life. Like the, the lesson that he learns is, hey, I should be protecting those closest here. It doesn't matter how many universes I go through this is just my life that's what you learn about in the logs <laughs> right right like so he takes a very specific route which is different from the decisions of the other starborn that we or at least the other important starborn that we meet that have titles like the hunter and the emissary they all have these different ideologies right and um right. the the pilgrim becomes known as the unbeliever to house of varun because they 
I, I mean, again, it's hard to wrap my mind around exactly what happens here, but they come into contact with him and their ideology is different from his and he's this mysterious figure. So he kind of gets a name, right? Right. So the, um, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the, the the interesting piece is you don't find out about the, the lat, like what happened to the pilgrim after that until you go through the game once so until the player character which we're going full into spoilers we're now in the spoiler zone by the way um the player character becomes a starborn if you finish the game uh, and go all the way through the main quest it becomes a starborn um and if you talk to keeper Aqu- i think it's aquilos 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 yes aquilos it's one of those hard to pronounce words so there's you know dig digi pick dig pick it's all the same um <laughs> The, the, that's my standard for uh, enunciation within um, the Starfield lore cast. <laughs> right. The Digipix fiasco that we all ran into before. I mean, the Digipix just got out everywhere and we just. <laughs> it was, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was an episode a few ago where Dave realized that it was Digipick, not Digpick. And that also sounded weird when he said it and it became a whole thing. But, um, yeah. but okay. Like, so, I love collecting Digpicks. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, Keeper Achilles, maybe. Keeper Achilles, um, outs himself that he is actually the pilgrim um in 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 that universe he is the pilgrim he is the one that stays and forms the uh the universe's sanctum because the universe's sanctum has only been around for about 20 years um yeah the religions in this world are very young right which is an interesting point we'll have to go into each of those on a future episode We'll, we'll dig more into that in the future but um what what we're seeing here with the pilgrim is somebody who goes through the unity jumps universes and their ideology changes the way they interact in these new universes right so right the pilgrim is an example of somebody who is by nature an explorer who is looking for ways to interact with this new universe trying to understand where the you know who created this why is it here and they go deep into this philosophical kind of religious context but the other uh the other starborn that we meet have very different ideologies i think furthest from this is the hunter so who's who's the hunter let's let's dig into that so the hunter you first meet um, kind of stalking you, um, showing up in random locations before you even have any kind of um, talk with them. So they first talk to you in their spaceship. Uh, they kind of send you a message. You don't realize it's them, but they're essentially saying, hey, stop looking for the artifacts. Those are mine. Like, don't don't mess with those. Those are mine. Right. So we go from doing this. There's going to be consequences for you. Right. We we go from the pilgrim who is like a peaceful existence. Let's explore. Let's understand. Let's learn. Let's not interfere too much with other people to the hunter who is hell bent on collecting the artifacts for himself and returning to the unity. And basically this. this striving towards eternity, this like never ending life where you can constantly jump from one ask one location in the multiverse to another. You relive your life. You follow through. You find all of the 
all the artifacts again. You go back through the unity, you jump again. Basically, this is the new game plus player to the detriment of anybody else who would search for it. They're going to kill everybody. And by the time they run into your character, they find that this universe is an anomaly from the ones that they've been to before. And the first time that you are the person who ends up finding the artifacts and starting to collecting them in this universe specifically. So they're like for the first time in a long time, they're puzzled by this. And so they kind of give you a little bit more leeway. They don't just like, you know, once you start fighting back and pushing back against them, they kind of hold back and go, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. But right. the, the hunter is full on murder hobo, but then it turns out that it it's almost like if there was another player character in like a Fallout, Fallout or Edder Scrolls, like you would have to stop and be like, wait a second, this is another, there's yeah. another player character here. What's happening here? What's going on with this? I want to see what this is because it's different from every time that you've done it. Right, right. Like imagine, I mean, in this part of what you engage with with this game is through multiple new game pluses. The universe changes a little bit each time uh, you can run into Sarah and she's a plant <laughs> in one of them. There's a bunch of wacky stuff that happens. So you can imagine, let's say you do this dozens of times and it plays out roughly similar in every universe. You're able to collect the artifacts. You're able to kill everybody who gets in your way. You jump to a new universe and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. This guy is a player in this one. That's weird. Um, but yeah, they do kind of act like a player character would like treating the game as if it's just a game and reality no longer really matters to them because life feels, I don't know, temporary, like frat, like right. it's so fragile. Like what, what does it matter? The lives of these people, there's just another universe where they're going to live again and they're going to do mostly the same stuff. And so the hunter represents kind of that idea of like treating the world around you. Like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't like the feelings, the lives of these other people just don't matter at all. So I'm going to do what's best for me, regardless of anybody else. That's kind of the idea ideology there. Right. And he, and he sees the starborn as, as people that are that are more than regular humans. Um, he's he's only there to interact with other starborn. He doesn't really care about the, the needs of the universe or what's going on with that. Because those he, are his like true competitors, it seems. Right. He's going for the high score. Right. Like, Until that, he what, meets you. And then even though you haven't been through the unity yet in your first playthrough, he's like, OK, you're different. There's something about you. Let's see what's up. Um but the, the fun twist here, and again, spoilers, is that we've met the hunter before. Right. Um, it seems like once he uh, all these um, starborn kind of have a visor and he reveals himself to be also Keeper Aqueous, um, the leader of the uh, Universal Sanctum, but he has just, he's a different one. Right. He's taken the turn in life to keep on going through the unity and going through the unity. And so he is the opposite of the pilgrim. So he the is, pilgrim and the hunter are the same person, but they're not the same person. They're not from the right. same original universe. And right. they're, they're the same named person with a very similar life that has taken kind of a different branch, which right. is cool because it represents that thing about like us as humans and thinking back to those like very strategic decisions that we made or not so strategic decisions we made in our lives. And we decided, oh, well, this is what I'm going to major in for college or this is the career I'm going to take or this is the person I'm going to marry. And how would life have been different if I hadn't made that decision? This is, it feels like one of those, right? Like 
in yes. one version, Keeper Achilles goes on and seeks this peaceful existence and interacts with these different religions and philosophies. And in the Hunter version, he's a murder hobo. And both of those things are possible for that character to have become. Um, right. I think that's really cool. It's, it's a really cool dichotomy they've set up there. Yeah, and, it, and it's almost like it's the exact same person on two different paths like you talked about, but now it's it's almost like they're so opposite. That it's like, here's my, here's me and here's my evil twin. Like, pretty much the hunter is just the pilgrim with a goatee on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like Dark Riker from Star right. Trek. <laughs> or Dark, Dark Spock, even before him, there was Dark Spock with a, with a right. goatee. Um, yeah, the old trope of like the, the other version of you from another universe has more facial hair. Yes. Yeah. So, I, and but he doesn't have more facial hair actually. Though that would have been good. <laughs> I think that would have been a misnomer though, because they're like, wait a second, because that's not that's not how that guy looks. So then it wouldn't have necessarily connected. But, right. You know. But we would definitely would have known he was more evil. But uh, in some ways, I mean, I guess you can say being if you equate selfishness to the detriment of other people as evil, then yes, he's evil. But there's another side to that coin, and that's the emissary. This is this other right. character we meet. And so you're playing through the main quest line. You get to a point where the hunter, you're confronted by the hunter, and then you defend yourself, and then he lets you go. And then you end up on a ship where you get to meet both the hunter and the emissary. And the emissary, as opposed to the pilgrim and the hunter, is also a very different individual, but also a different ideology. How does right. that work? Um so the pilgrim, um, what they want is they are looking to be the gatekeeper for the, the unit. The emissary. Excuse me. Yes, the emissary. Yes, the emissary, right. The emissary is looking to be the gatekeeper for the unity. And what they want to happen is they want to say, okay, I don't want people to be the hunter. These people are going around and they are killing all these people. Like we should all ascend, like everybody should be a starborn. So that we can all ascend together to a new evolutionary plane, but only until we're ready. Kind of like that classic, like um, Star Trek. Uh, we're not going to interfere with the planets until they're ready for ascension. Then the Federation can go talk to them. Like th that is what the emissary is looking for. They're saying, "Hey, being a starborn, if you're not ready for that, if you're not like physically, emotionally responsible for that, you're going to end up like the hunter, and then you're just going to go around all the universes killing everybody, and that's not what we want." Right, right. So the hunter represents kind of uh, almost like chaotic evil, like this idea of I'm going to do anything that I can for my own benefit. Screw everybody else. The emissary represents uh, c complete control, total order and control, which seems good, but can also be evil because you're taking away the ability for other people to make their own decisions. Right. So you got this you weird becoming, dichotomy. You were trying there. to become a, a a god almost, like the you know the emissary. If you're talking about human ascension, they're selecting who they think should be starborn. They're leading that that purpose behind you, and and trying to get people to become starborn if they think they're ready. But right. That's only up to the emissary. That's not up to people's own discoveries or free will. Right, right. So it, it raises the question of like, why are you the one who's able to determine who's 
who's justified in being able to do that? Why does it? Why is that your decision? Why not just let people discover what they can? And it's a it's a fine line. This is one of those philosophical dilemmas, right? Like too much freedom, too much control. Is there some way to balance that? But in this scenario, it's not like you could have you know everybody across the universe vote on like who gets to be starborn. It's not like that information's public or anything. Right. So you end up with an emissary who's a gatekeeper. And a hunter who's a gatekeeper in a different way, he's just going to cut out all the competition so that he can be the one who wins and moves on, basically. So this interesting dichotomy. And in the storyline, you can side with one or the other or go against both, which is cool. It's cool that the game gives you the ability to choose all three of those options. Right. The um, the other interesting piece is who they are um who they are is actually different from game to game right who the um, emissary is the hunter the and the pilgrim is. are the same person right. all the time the emissary changes and it depends on your playthrough right right it depends on your playthrough and it depends on who you decide that the, so the hunter is attacking both the eye and is going to attack the constellation the lodge uh, is what they call it in the game yeah um and you're deciding whether you save the people on the eye or save the people at the lodge. And it generally is giving you an option of two of your companions um, that you can choose to save. So whichever one dies in that first playthrough is who the emissary is. Yeah. And usually it's the person that you are closest to. So it generally creates that's this, the one that's going to die. Yeah. Right. It creates this like tragic dilemma. So in my first playthrough, I was uh, or in my first universe. I was uh, friends with and closest to Andreja because I was like, oh, she seems really interesting. House of Varun, like mysterious stuff. And she's got this really kind of darker side to her compared to the other of the four main companions. And so right. I brought her along with me a lot. I went through a lot of her dialogue stuff. And by the time I got to this point, we were the closest ones. And of course, she's the one that got offed in this. But that also means that she is the emissary, right? Right. The from my playthrough where I was a, I was a bad boy um, and none of my <laughs> companions liked me. It ended up Sarah Morgan was the one that died, and I really wasn't close to anyone. So I was like, "Oh shoot, Sarah's dead." Oh well, I don't care. Whatever. So you're you basically like, been, been the hunter the whole time, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. But um, I was like, I don't care. But then it shows up, and she's the emissary, and I'm like, "Well, of course, you know, obviously Sarah's the emissary because she's uppity all the time. She's like, you got to do the right thing, and you got to have this." I'm like, "Of course, it's this lady." that's over here telling me that like i'm going to select who's going to be the starborn for myself oh that's a wonderful that's not accent. how she talks that's, that's, that's a really good i was it imagine. was impeccable i couldn't tell it was you anymore i thought i was talking to sarah exactly um <laughs> so that's so that's what's really cool about this is the first time you go through it you don't necessarily know unless you've listened to this show now and are spoiled that that character is going to coincide that this is the way it's going to play out and that it will play differently for different people like it could be barrett right it could be sam like it it could be any of those three or four main characters that you can have with you it can't be the adoring fan though which is unfortunate that would be what, amazing. Yeah, what if the adoring fan was the <laughs> Oh, somebody needs to mod that in. Please, modders, please make or, an adoring fan. Or no, what if mod. Uh, now here's the thing. The adoring fan be the hunter and like there's oh a really, a guy that's just not a fan of you that just hates everything he's, you do. He's the antithesis. He had such high hopes right. for you and then you chain you did something and now he's pissed off and just hates your guts. Hates you. And he's anything the hunter and he's going to kill you in every universe. 
Yes. Oh my God, well, this needs to be modded into the game. That would be so yeah. amazing. Um, okay, so let's move on from those three. Those are the main three, the Pilgrim, the Hunter, and the Emissary. And right. then there are other Starborn, because at some point, as you're collecting the artifacts, you get attacked. Like, right. going to find the artifacts, or after you you get a new power or whatever, all of a sudden these Starborn just pop out of nowhere, and they're called Guardians. Do we know anything about them? So it, it, it's just kind of explained that other Starborn are looking for the artifacts. And it seems like the hunters like, oh, these are the other players in the game. Like they're kind of like NPCs in this like general sense of like ecliptic mercs or whatever. Like they are just other Starborn that are here. It seems like every time you go to get an artifact, there's always a Starborn that shows up um, that, that's going to try to kill you. Um, but you can always tell this is a good tip if you're wondering of who's a Starborn, who's not. The best way to learn if somebody's a starborn is kill them. <laughs> if they fall, <laughs> okay. Yes, this is a good life tip. Um, yeah. If they fall into like, if they just like fall and die, you're like, okay, clearly they weren't a starborn. But if they explode into like this like galactic mist stuff, starborn, starborn, totally starborn, totally starborn. Right. Okay, right. and this is pretty much the synth dilemma from Fallout Four. It's like right, right. You don't know they're a synth to kill them. You know, open them up, whatever. Find out. Right. Um, uh, okay, so in the, if that's the case, so this leads other questions, right? Like this idea of when you go through the Unity, what actually happens? Why are the starborn made out of different stuff? If you're not transporting your body to another universe, you know, across the multiverse, are you transporting your consciousness into the other version of you and now taking control of that person? But now why would you physically be different because of that? Like there's a lot of these unexplained oddities about the way Starborn actually work. On top of that, you get really cool gear and a really cool ship and you get different really cool gear as you go through the new game pluses up to like 10 that keeps expanding and changing every time. So, but where does it come from? What's going on with all of that? Right. That's that's kind of the mystery um, that they, they have named the creators, um, which are the people that created the artifacts, the unity and give the starborn their powers or tell them how to get their powers are the creators. And really, nobody Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, so we're going to go take our mid-break. <laughs> I'm not going to sing anymore. And uh, we're going to thank our patrons and read off a new review. And we will be back to discuss some speculation around the first Starborn, who the creators are, what's actually going on with all this stuff. So don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and we have a new patron this week. Welcome to Marco D. Welcome to the Patreon. Hello to all of our current patrons. Thank you for your support. If you are interested in joining us and getting ad-free episodes, stickers and t-shirts, and these are very custom designs that you can only get on the Patreon. They will never be up for sale on the Robots Radio store. You can only get them from supporting the show on patreon.com slash starfieldlorecast. If you want to go check those out, go check them out. Lots of cool stuff over there. And we have to shout out our space lords, our high tier uh, supporters, Commander Marcus Shepard and Worst Action Hero. Thank you for your support. And thank you to all 14 of our current patrons. Things keep on growing. We're going to see where this goes. And uh, we also have a review. Just a reminder, if you'd like to help support the show in other ways, you don't have to put money into Patreon in order to support us. You can do free stuff like leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And this is very, very helpful because Apple Podcast reviews, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, get used across the internet in lots of different places. They show up everywhere. And all you need is an Apple account in order to do this. So we've got uh, two new ones that came in recently, Dave. This one is from Grateful Maddie in the United States who writes, This show is a must. Hailing Starship Lorecast, Commanders Tom and Dave do such a great job at giving an in-depth, well-said analysis of whatever lore subject they may be discussing. I listen to a lot of the shows on the network and think they are all great. This is no exception. Thanks for making my work days shorter and entertaining me during my chores. Y'all are captivating a beautiful community. Uh cultivating that makes more sense that's the more accurate word there uh (laughs) i can't read words and i can't wait to tune into the new episodes every week p.s is buddy bot basically your vasco uh yes we don't have a vasco or a buddy bot version on this show but that's a that's a a callback have you used the buddy bot in a while i mean i'm not yeah buddy bot hasn't shown up he hasn't shown up on the fall orcast recently he's kind of divisive some people really love buddy bot and some people are just like oh my god i hate this part (laughs) <laughs> so mm. he shows up on occasion, but uh, hasn't hasn't been there recently. Um, but thank you, Grateful Maddie in the U.S. We appreciate that. And then we have one more from Hydrin in the U.S. who writes, great show. I love this entire network working second shift in a factory on the assembly line. You've made many a night much more enjoyable. Thank you. And um, I love that because I know that there are times in my life before I was doing full time content creation where I was just bored at work and podcasts basically saved my life. So it's so nice to be able to provide that for other people. So thank you for for leaving the review. All right. That's going to do it for this part of the show. If you'd like to leave a rating on Spotify, that's also helpful. And even just sharing it with your friends, the show with your friends or your your family or, uh, you know, playing Starfield with your grandma. That's fun, too. Uh, Let's move on with the rest of the show. All right, Dave. So we've got some questions here. We don't actually have answers yet to, but we're pretty good at speculating. I mean, you can go back and look at those old episodes we did. And I mean, I would say that we were at least on the nose with our speculations. I don't know what, 5% of the time. That's pretty good. I'll accept, I'll accept a hundred percent that we were right a hundred percent of the time because you know, by the time you go back and listen to those, you're really trying to test my theory. But if you don't listen to those, then you know, if you don't have one of my, if you don't have any proof, if you don't go back and listen right. to them, then just trust us. We're hundred uh, percent. Exactly. We're probably somewhere between five and a hundred, but uh, here, here's the first question. Who is the first starborn? We know that the pilgrims 
an older version of a Star Wars. It's been around a long time. And the time gets real weird when you're jumping from one universe to the next. So I guess we can really only gauge this on number of jumps, but we don't have that data. It's not like we know the hunter has made the jump 30 times or something like that. We don't know for sure on those specifics. Right. It comes from a where does the universe place you? So obviously when when the player character makes the jump um, from Starborn Hood, it kind of puts you in your ship first and you're outside of um, of New Atlantis or um, outside of Gemina or whatever the name of the planet's called. Anyways, you're outside of that. You're in your starship and you're pretty much your next task is to go to the lodge. And it's right before you um, you go to the lodge for the first time after being um kind of found by Barrett at Argos Extractors. And after so, t- touching the artifact for the first time. So you've already touched your first artifact by that point. Right. And apparently your character goes missing. That's another thing is your character goes just there's like reports of like, oh, there's a missing miner somewhere. So I'm curious as to what that means for the other people that are there, because clearly the emissary shows up when um like the emissary for the first time shows up after they have been killed technically in that universe. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about when, when that confluence from like the, the person that actually is in the universe to the starborn version of themselves. Yeah. Like, it's, so is there going to be a situation where you're kind of like talking to yourself? Because we know that's the case with like Keeper Aquas, that he can exist in both simultaneously. Right. Or when you get like special powers and you can pull another version of yourself into reality or Barrett does it with himself, yes. you know, and can like well, he doesn't do it with himself. That sounds dirty. That's super weird. Um, but he pulls himself into that and then has a conversation with himself. There's two Barrett's. I recommend right. doing his little quest. It's line a good, thing. that's honestly one of the better, I think companion side quests, because it's like how he comes to terms with a lot of his stuff and, and, and life, like the decisions he's made in his life is by talking to a version of himself that like things are totally different. In his right. Life. Right. Um, and let's not spoil that for this episode, but that's definitely something we can talk about in the future. Yeah. Um, Barrett's but, secretly Boba Fett, everyone. It's secretly out. Boba Fett. A hundred percent true. Just like yes. don't double check anything. Just trust our words. Um, 100% fact. hundred percent fact. Uh, star facts. Um, so, but that raises the question of when you jump from world to world, I stated earlier that it feels like you, your mind jumps somehow, but your body doesn't, but maybe your body does. And you're not, because if you're, if you in that other universe are dead or missing, then you get replaced. But then what happens to the other you? Like, what if, what if you're not dead? What if you were alive in that universe, but now all of a sudden you disappear? Do you get pulled? Do you just get swapped? Yeah, this is the part that I'm super unclear on. So forgive me for if anyone's you know i'm sure we're gonna get people typed in well actually uh you don't actually move your consciousness from one to the other i don't know that we're sure about exactly how that works it seems like there must be or maybe the unity materializes a new body for you that seems like the case based on the glowing space dust when you kill someone it seems like your body is made of like star stuff Mm-hmm. You know, just some star matter. Yeah. And um, Kellen chat says there's a universe where you meet yourself. Yeah, that's a thing that can happen, right? Like we see right. it happen with other people. We can see it happen with yourself in, in one of those universes. So you're not taking over their body so much as you're just being inserted with a new body somewhere else. But it leaves all these questions like why does why does somebody go missing? If 
if we're in a new ver- universe or in our own original universe, are there stories of people who just went missing? And those are hints about people who are actually starborn in the original universe. Maybe that's a right. thing. There's some I think there's like some some narrative plot holes when it comes to this, because there's like some explanation of this there's some explanation of that. And I think it's meant to be left open in general. But it's it's a good question to ask when we're trying to center around what's the first starborn. And we talked about this in a previous episode about Dr. Victor Aza um, getting the vision when he went to Mars. He touched the artifact. He got the vision of the grav drives and that the grav drives are going to make this super city. Right. Is the vision he had where he was out for 12 days a starborn or is that just like he communicated with himself across across dimensions? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that know. like, you know, the a vision of the creators, like the creators have some sort of, you know, oh, I can look like you kind of situation. But it, it leads to it leads to this question of is Dr. Victor Aza the first starborn is Keeper Aquius the first starborn who is the first because we're coming up on that question of really who are the creators and i think it's a right, good right it's a good kind of like a mental exercise to think about who that first one would be right so Starborn. the victor uh scenario can make some sense because if he uh goes to these other universes teaches the other versions of himself or at least communicates cross universes somehow teaches the other version of himself how to make grav drives then that's much earlier in the timeline it's the first artifact that we know was discovered so maybe he in every universe touches that artifact first has some sort of anomaly situation where he learns about grav drives and then grav drives happen that leads and so maybe he's the oldest starborn but he's not working like other starborn do he's more like communicating across the universes and so he's not exactly a starborn he's just somebody who's been affected by the artifacts but then that raises the question of like you're saying the creators who were the creators who made these artifacts and they either it seems to me are human or not human if they are human then they must be from sometime either in the advanced future where humans have the ability to manufacture something like that and create the unity. Some version of humanity went far enough in the, into the future, developed technology enough to explore the stars, create the unity. Maybe they, they needed to escape their universe because just like Earth was dying, their universe was dying. So they created this way to get, get out into the multiverse. Or this is a group of humans from another multiverse that's somehow I mean I guess that's the same version of the story or it's aliens right it's another advanced right. like species that not didn't move into the future and then jump universes back in time in other universes but instead was an alien species that existed well before humanity that created this stuff somehow it got dispersed across the galaxy for who knows what reason and then they disappeared. Yeah, I, I, I think you're I think you're circling in on it. If, if I could give my best theory, I think, you know, when you think about humans, it, it's probably you know how they've talked about it is humans are at one level starborn or at kind of another level that's like advanced, like in the emissary and the hunter talk about it, where it's like they you know, starborn is like the next step of evolution. Was there a universe where they like was there a universe where they didn't discover the artifacts that's the thing right because it would have to be unless unless everything is cyclical and 
the future of their own universe comes back and, and plants them in their in their universe from the future. So it becomes one of those like uh, time travel storylines where the things that you do in the future can actually affect your past. And so, like, f- for example, if you're Victor and you come across this artifact, it was actually planted there by that specific timeline in the future that came back to the past and planted it there. So timeline right. is a closed loop in that sense, right? Um, right. Whereas, and, and that would kind of explain the the giant structures on these planets that are clo- like all of these planets. You know, we're in just one part of the galaxy that we're in. We're not in the full galaxy yet. There's not enough stars for that. But like all of the artifacts are located close in the settled systems. Like the, that's right. They're near where, where humans can travel at this point in history. Right. They're not right. on the but, the opposite side of you know the Milky Way where we can't get to yet. Right. And and they're on these these planets. And so it's like that has to be pretty early if you think about like, you know, time and how it exists with with gravity itself. Like you kind of have to go back to a super early point if you want something to be in every universe. Like, you know, when you think about the branching trees, you're going to want to come to the root. Oh, the so you're saying. OK, so you're saying that you go far enough back in the past and everything is is branching from a tree. You can actually get back to the the trunk of the tree. If you go right. far enough back in, in time, um, right. as opposed to there are just a bunch of parallel timelines, almost like like there's a core. And then from the very core itself, everything's split out and then everything's just a, a, a variable path from there. So and I think keeper I'm kind of more like the Loki, good... the Loki concept of like the main timeline and then things break off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like I haven't watched the show, so I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar. But yes, there's like a main timeline. I think that likely the main timeline is they had humanity advanced so much. They created these artifacts and this in this time travel and they probably time traveled to a super early point and placed them. If it's the humanity theory of right, like, right, these aren't aliens. It's, it's probably they went to like the beginning of the universe and figured out some way to be like, these stones can exist through time and space. So we're going to like put them here and that way as you know the universe builds itself or you know you have like different planets forming like right. they're forming around the artifact because it's a different planet every time that you go like it's a different location they're planting they a single kind of, seed in the past which ends up existing in every timeline simultaneously right yeah okay interesting now what if it's aliens do you think that I mean, we, do we we don't have any specific evidence? I mean, clearly we come across lots of planets with a bunch of different flora and fauna. There's obviously other ecosystems and biomes out there, right? There mm-hmm. are there are some creatures that are seem to be more advanced than others. There are some that look like just giant bugs and there are some that like the terramorphs, which seem biologically very advanced and, and very dangerous. So theoretically, I mean, and this is this is a thing with our own reality. There could be other alien species out there and they could have been disappeared millions of years ago. In fact, there are some people who think that because of the long timeline of our own planet, that there may have been other intelligent species in the past that lived and died and disappeared based on just time and the Earth just changing over time kind of covers up all the evidence of that. Could right. this have been an ancient species, even from our own planet? Like you're saying, all of this seems very Earth centric because it's just the locations near Earth. But it could right. even be another alien intelligent species from our own history. That could be another right. theory. Yeah, I mean, and it and like I think I think that's a good theory. I think the other theory is that it could be like unknown forces, like a god entity um, could 
do that like from a for like if you're talking about like dimensions and how we exist like we all exist in the same dimension the the motion that we can't control that we move is time but if something existed on the a dimension above that they could like four dimensional space time right four dimensional space they right. could move through time a tesseract willingly yeah right but you yeah. can't like as a as a two like if you're a 2d person and you see a 3d person like that's hard to perceive because you can't see right you, you only know, see the glimpses of them. of them that like a sheet of paper like taking a 3d object and running it through a sheet of paper you only see the places where the 3d object it would interact with the paper um right so it looks like just a bunch of different changing 2d shapes but it's actually right. a three-dimensional object. Yeah, right. but the same now, extrapolate that to 4D space and 3D space, and it's a lot harder to imagine, but it would be three-dimensional objects that keep changing in size and shape as that 4D object passes through it. Right. Um, Which would make sense why they know about the Unity, because that seems like a way to kind of like mess with that and to kind of move things around and, um, and yeah. recalculate stuff um, as almost kind of a tool for them to use. But it, it's curious as to why they're trying to do that to humanity, I guess. Right. Right. So here's one more theory. What if there's actually a benefit to chasing the unity and continuing to jump timelines or jump universes beyond just extending your life and, you know, moving into another existence and then living through another existence and then doing it over and over again? What if there's an end point? What if there you jump through the unity X number of times and eventually you ascend to godlike ability and then you become the person who loops back to the beginning of time re recreates existence implants the artifacts creates the unity and that's that's the loop I, th I think that there would have been a very interesting story if they'd if they had seen to you know and this might be DLC or this might and be maybe it's the serpent thing maybe it's like Ver Ver House Varun the serpent maybe the serpent is time eating it maybe it's an Ouroboros maybe it's it a serpent be. eating its own tail like this idea of be. somebody getting to the end of the timeline and looping back and becoming the god who creates existence again from the beginning. I, I, I like the idea of that. And I think it's interesting that from the hunter's perspective, because that's their goal is they're like, Hey, I want to see what all I get from doing all this so many times. But like, do you want that person to be the God of all existence? Like, I think that there's like a, a notion of like you as a player character, your story could be like, okay, I got to do this more than the hunter. I got to beat the hunter in his own game so that I could, you know, be the, the one who truly and, ascends, not just jumps, but, but actually right. ascends at the end of whatever that is. Um, right. Yeah. So, OK, so that's that's a lot of cool stuff, Dave. I think uh, I think we've planted a lot of cool ideas in people's minds. I would love to hear your theories. Join us on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can just search it on Google or whatever. Um, you, you, it's easy to find. Join us. Let us know your theories about this. Join the conversation. There's thousands of people on our Discord at this point talking about all of this stuff. So uh, I, I think I'm leaning to it. Let's wrap this up, Dave. Where are you leaning on this? I've got I've got a gut feeling about this. Where are you at? If you had to put if you had to put money on it, what do you think the actual story is? Um, I am uh, I am more human centric. Um, I think it's it's likely someone whoever makes it to the end is the one that comes up with the idea and 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 kind of Ouroboros as itself. Um, I, I'm more of that idea as far as who I think is correct. I think 
probably the pilgrim is the most correct out of the i think the hunter is wrong i think the emissary is wrong i think the pilgrims got it because like their whole ideology is let's live life outside of maybe let's start a church where the whole idea is we're supposed to explore space to find the unity maybe that's a little bit um self-serving in that regard of like hey also i'm not the pilgrim anymore i'm kind of like the emissary too because i'm doing this but um, but it's kind of like leading everybody to that goal rather than gatekeeping it. Yeah, it, that's true. That's true. Um, so I, I'm more in the pilgrims camp, but I, I likely think that it's it's somebody that that um that made it to the end, got yeah. the finish line. Could you be the player that does it? Maybe, maybe uh, in a bunch of DLCs in Starfield two or three or four, 50 years from now, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards humanity being the only greater intelligence in the starfield universe um we're not in like star trek or mass effect where you have like lots of other alien intelligences or at least in this part of the galaxy and i I like the idea of we are the ones who created this thing and we keep on rediscovering it in new timelines and we've got some sort of loop going on uh as for who actually makes that decision and who gets to the end of the game in order to do so I, i think the only real question is is it a like master starborn god who just ascends to that place or is that the goal of humanity is that the idea is that we bring humanity to a place where we live this peaceful life this you know like we we're able to change humanity for the better and because we learn how to do that we now want to go back and share that with all these other versions of humanity across the multiverse um I think that's probably the more satisfying answer, but it's probably simpler to think of it as somebody who ascends to godhood and then re resets the system at the beginning. So, so there you go. That's uh, those are our theories on that. Um, some deep stuff, man. Some deep some stuff. space facts for you. Yeah, Dave. I know you've got some other stuff going on. You want to share yeah. before we head out? Yeah. Uh, Red rolls is uh, finishing up our uh, Starfield. Uh, one shot that we've been doing um it's, it's going to wrap up there's there's going to be a definitive ending to it um no no starborn involved unfortunately um starborn were unknown to us when we uh, recorded this in august uh, but i think the last episode of that comes out on friday um then we're back into uh, another little bit of elder scrolls after that and then i believe we're on to our main campaign that we do which is fallout 2d20 um so if you like fallout if you like elder scrolls if you'd like starfield um, i feel like all of those kind of coalesce and maybe people are fans of all three you should listen to our actual play ttrpg show that we put out um episodes every friday on podcast services and youtube so please enjoy that product that i make Thanks. yeah go check out rad rolls also if you're into lore casts and you like bethesda games the fall Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast have both been running for years. There's lots of episodes up, lots of cool things to enjoy, and of course, all my other shows and the other shows on the network by other hosts over at robotsradio.net. So go check that stuff out. All right, this that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us, chat. Thank you for being here. We will see you next week with another lore episode. Oh, and just a reminder our uh, next patron chat is coming up in uh, three weeks on the 30th, Monday the 30th. So uh, I guess we'll be doing it the day before Halloween. Halloween. So that'll be fun. Spooky. Spooky times. All right. We'll see you all later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review. 
on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield. Let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.